0: Shabbat shalom, everyone. I didn't know how to start off today's show during the countdown. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know what? we got some pretty interesting stories to talk about. And, you know, that's really all I can say is that these stories are very interesting. If you read the headline today, we're going to be talking about the secret Jewish tunnel system that was discovered in Brooklyn, New York. Plus, kids got kicked out of school, right? They're now going to remote high school because... Uh, They wanted to house illegal migrants in the school instead of educating the children. We're going to talk about that. Plus, uh, Joe Coy bombing at the Golden Globes, which everybody seems to have something to talk about on the Internet today. All of it. I'm really not sure where I stand on it and you guys can sort of help uh, me and give me your conclusions on some of these stories. We are gonna start with the secret Jewish channels Uh, because what? (laughs) Because literally what? I logged onto Twitter and I'm seeing all these videos of I think Hasidic Jews literally coming out of the ground. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this story, if you somehow are, because these videos have been circulating everywhere. I've ne- never seen a story spread uh, with 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 such fervor, like, like wildfire. Let me fill you in on what's going on here. Here's the headline out of uh, NBC New York. Secret tunnel discovery in NYC synagogue leads to brawl with NYPD. So... Apparently, NYPD discovered just secret tunnelways underneath a New York City synagogue and a historic Brooklyn synagogue uh, that serves as the center of an influential Hasidic Jewish movement, and it was trashed this week during an... Yes, unusual uh, community dispute that began with the discovery of that secret underground tunnel and then ended up in a brawl between worshipers and the police. The conflict erupted uh, in the global headquarters of the Shabbat Lubavitch movement in Crown Heights, a deeply revered Jewish site that each year receives thousands of visitors, including international students and religious leaders. And it says, but on Tuesday, the synagogue remained closed closed off by a police barricade as the New York City building uh, safety agents inspected whether a tunnel dug without official permission may have caused structural damage to the famed property. Now, luckily for you all, we have video of uh, this incident taking place. Here's a TikTok uh, for you to see. (laughs) <laughs> what is going on? Things just went down in New York City after secret tunnels were discovered under the synagogue. The police say they dug a secret tunnel into the sanctuary of the Chabad Lubavitch headquarters in Brooklyn.
1: The men described by police as extremist students are accused of digging the tunnel so that they would be able to have access to the sanctuary after hours. And when a cement truck was brought in to fill that tunnel, the men stood in the tunnel, refusing to leave.
2: A group of men have been arrested the synagogue is closed now, pending investigation. Others, oh, everyone, this whole community, is that a single person that doesn't bother him right now that it's closed? Some reports said that the secret passage led to a space under the women's bath used for rituals. Other reports claim that the tunnel was built during lockdown, while others claim that the tunnel was part of an
0: illegal expansion attempt. None of these claims have been confirmed yet. The leadership condemned their
1: action. Synagogue leaders described the group as extremist students seeking unauthorized access to the building by breaking walls. But what do you...
0: Okay, so you're getting a little bit of the picture here. What a very strange thing to discover on just a normal day as an NYPD officer. But yeah, there's a lot of theories happening and, you know, circulating around the Internet now. Some are saying that... During COVID lockdowns, when they weren't able to attend synagogue and didn't have access to the building, they decided, oh, we're going to build this tunnel system, and that's how we're going to get access. It's a really roundabout way to go about doing that, but uh, it seemed to have been successful nonetheless. Others are saying that weird stuff was found in these tunnel passageways, like uh, a stained mattress that's circulating on the internet, some sort of baby high chair, and, and other things, and they're saying... They're committing secret rituals underneath the the synagogue and in this tunnelway system. I don't know about any of that. Again, this is all just speculation. And it seems as though now nine men have been arrested for creating this tunnel system. All between the ages of 19 and 22. So weird. Guys, very, very weird. So, of course, they were just going to do what would have been normal in this situation and fill in the tunnel, so they bring in the cement truck to do so, and these extremist students, uh, so they're being called, just decided we're gonna try to stop them from filling in this tunnel. I don't know how successful they thought they were gonna be in their endeavor to stop the police from filling in this illegal passageway you've created, but they, they weren't successful, and it led to these now viral videos that we're seeing of uh, these Hasidic Jewish men coming out of this this tunnel system <laughs> taylor hi <have> <laughs> <don't. laughs>
1: they clearly don't watch amala's youtube channel because if they did they would know you always need to comply with the police and resisting <laughs> it is only going to escalate the situation and possibly get you arrested yes. uh, but yeah this is a quite a strange story it reminds me of the miami alien story that we covered the other day where the police were responding to a situation that uh, have dubious origins and the internet came up with some crazy uh, ideas on what the police were responding to. And you have this giant story that really spreads through social media so much so that the the regular media has to come in and be like okay wait what's what's really going on here yeah and uh yeah so so i saw the theories first of course of like the the stained mattress and the baby equipment in the tunnel and you just like you said you just see a you know typically jewish dressed man emerging out of like a a tunnel in the ground and you're like what on earth is is going on and obviously leads lots of questions and then immediately social media is eager to fill your mind with all sorts of, of explanations to this but it does seem to be that as i've as i've read different accounts and dug in dug into it a little bit hey no <laughs> pun intended uh, um that uh the, the most plausible explanation is that yeah there there's apparently the synagogue has some like foreign exchange students a program i came across the word bakarim uh, which is like yeah. the plural of a young unmarried man who studies in a Talmud at Mudik Academy. So like basically young single dudes who are very zealous and passionate about their synagogue. And apparently they wanted to try to like expand the synagogue and they've been in a legal dispute with the neighboring building or whoever owns that. And these guys were just like, hey, we're not getting the progress that we want in the legal proceedings, let's just do it. And they knock a hole in the wall and found this tunnel and knocked a hole in the other building and created this and we're trying to expand things. But that that's what I can piece together, what's actually happening. Um, this place seems to be somewhere that's open 24 hours, has access to the whole community, people are coming in and out a lot um, the other building that they connected to is not in use, hasn't been since like 1994 I believe so you can piece together details of something and and the nefariousness starts to fade away a little bit but yeah. uh, we can definitely say it is a strange story to <laughs> to say the least.
0: It is, I don't even want to begin to like theorize what was happening uh, down there, what I will say is that tunnel system based on the videos that I've seen on uh, Twitter and stuff, pretty impressive (laughs) it's pretty impressive the extent to which they were able to dig this thing out and build it out because that that is wild and nine have been arrested so far who knows how many were in on the fact that this whole system was being created and uh and dug out but i think hopefully we're going to learn more about this very uh intriguing story it reminds me of the tunnel girl on tiktok i don't know if you guys are familiar with this story but there's a woman in virginia who wanted to build a shelter in her house and like the city ordinances did not allow for her to do so so she literally just started digging a tunnel in her basement and she got pretty far right before people started finding out and she became so famous on tiktok that she had amassed nearly i think half a million followers and the city finally caught on to her and was like lady you cannot build uh, a tunnel (laughs) underneath your house uh this is going to create a lot of problems for for you and the the community around you and she was stopped. So uh, who knows why exactly this was being built? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we we'll won't. We won't. But uh, it's it's a very strange, very strange uh, update in Brooklyn.
1: <laughs> and the memes have been great, though. I don't know if you guys saw, I think on the thumbnail we're using right now, there was a New York Post headline that says, Subway uh, Chabad Boys Spark Holy War by Digging illegal tunnel under Brooklyn synagogue. And there have been plenty of other internet memes ranging from offensive to just plain funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, what, what can you say? The, the the truth is stranger than fiction. The world is a crazy clown place that we live.
0: in. <laughs> yeah, we did not know which ones we were like actually able to share on this channel because, again, they are raging uh, in their offensive nature. But definitely go on X and check out some of the uh, memes that are circulating in the wake of this. I do want to share this post. <laughs> Um, So apparently this guy, uh, his name is Richard, I think Stroker is how you pronounce his last name. He's been tweeting that he feels like there are Jews living under his apartment. (laughs) He tweeted this on November 7th of 2023. He said, there are Jews under my apartment. I hear them. (laughs) It's like they are digging or something. For the record, I live at ground level and we do not have a basement. He goes on to say, I am not crazy (laughs) then he says i swear i keep hearing yiddish under the floor in my new york apartment i live at ground level and we have no basement this was december 11th 2023 and of course now that this story has been updated he's tweeted out some of you owe me an apology (laughs)
2: And you
0: know what? I hope it's true that the tunnel actually was being dug under his apartment and this guy has just been tweeting out into the ether. Hey guys, I think there's Jews living under my apartment and just nobody was listening to him because you do sound absolutely, you know, like you sound batshit crazy thinking that that is, that is the case. But what an, what an astounding thing to be actually experiencing if it's the truth.
1: Yeah, it's like reverse gaslighting or something. Like, there's actually something crazy going on, but no one will believe you. Right. <laughs> Poor <laughs> so, guy. Go back for the guy. But he's been vindicated. So free my man, whatever his name was.
0: He has. You know, it was bound to come to light at at some point or another. And hopefully... The uh, NYPD and whoever is responsible for filling in this tunnel is not having too much trouble. Now, we're staying in New York City, and we're also staying in Brooklyn for this next bit of news. Here is the New York Post. It says, New York students forced to go remote as city houses nearly 2,000 migrants at their school, and one mom goes off. Does it feel Good, says students at a Brooklyn high school were kicked out of the classroom to make room for nearly 2,000 migrants who were evacuated from a controversial tent shelter due to a monster storm closing in on the Big Apple. The city made the move amid concerns that a massive migrant tent at Floyd Benet Field would collapse from torrential rains and gusting winds, packing them instead into a second floor gym at James Madison High School, five miles away. The school's neighbors were not keen on the last minute decision. This is effed up, said a local resident who identified himself as only Rob. So essentially they said, we're going to take these 2,000 migrants who are living in this tent shelter and we are going to move them into the school. And to some extent, I'm like, okay a torrential downpour was coming in. It's going to be a massive problem if you have 2,000 people who are in this shelter. You got to figure out some way. But it just blows my mind in 2024 to be reading a story about illegal migrants being moved into a high school where students are meant to be taught and them having to close the school for the students. So essentially, they just alerted the students and said, hey, guys, you are going to be working remotely now and you are going to be learning remotely for the next day or so so that these migrants have a place to stay amid the torrential downpours that this storm is going to be bringing. And, you know, It's just shocking to me that we are in this state right now as a country. You all know there is a surging border crisis that has been going on for quite some time now. Millions of people crossing the southern border and being bused and flown and biked all over the United States of America. And we've seen in Texas, uh, particularly with Governor Abbott, that he's been taking, you know, busloads and plane loads of migrants and flying them up to New York City to seek, you know, sanctuary uh, with everything that is going on now. Texas does not want the uh, illegal migrants, as I'm sure you know, most people wouldn't, especially at the rate at, at which they are crossing the U.S. border, and they're sending them to places like New York City and New York City that has long shouted uh, that they want to allow people to come into the United States of America freely and to, you know, seek asylum here, cannot deal clearly with the influx of migrants and thus are passing them over to James Madison High School, where the students are now learning
1: remotely. (laughs) just, it's just the type of story that's just like, you know, the first one you can laugh at, we talked about the tunnels, like, okay, haha. Ha. this one right. harder to laugh at, because yeah. uh, it's so real. And this is costing the city of New York, I believe, in the neighborhood of $20 million a month to deal with this. And this is literally, they set the stage for this by their state's policies by naming themselves a sanctuary state, in New York City, a sanctuary city. And you know i was thinking of the mike tyson quote earlier when i was reading about this of like everyone's got a got a plan until they get punched in the face and like everybody mm-hmm. in a sanctuary city loves being a sanctuary city until 2000 migrants show up on your doorstep that you have to suddenly care for it reminds me of the martha's vineyard situation that we saw yep. not too long ago but the the part of this that is really frustrating to me is to see not only this this school having to displace its students for a day, um, but the fact that this school in particular, I so saw I have a couple of stats on this. Sixty percent of the kids are from economically disadvantaged families, mm-hmm. and fifty two percent are minorities. And uh, the area surrounding this school in particular didn't votes red and did so in the the twenty twenty election. So who's being punished? Uh, for the policies of both their city and state government, and the policies of the administration that is allowing this border crisis to surge in recent years, it's minorities and poor people who did not vote for these policies, and it's just—it's utter chaos. It is absolute madness. There's not words strong enough to um, to describe just the situation that we're dealing with when it comes to the border right now, and it is absolutely maddening to watch. And it's just a question of like with other situations that we talk about all the time on this channel, whether it's the the race stuff or DEI or feminism or whatever it may be, uh, how bad do the consequences of bad ideas have to get Before people actually wake up and start changing things? And why do we always have to wait until so much damage has been done and problems get so far out of control? I'm thinking of COVID as well, uh, before we start actually changing things and restoring some common sense and sanity.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is story number one, right? This is like one of the first times I think personally, I'm hearing of something to this degree happening where students are being told, you know, you can't go to school. And of course, when you're in high school, you're like, yes, I don't have to go to school, but you never anticipate that it's because illegal migrants are now going to be housed in uh, your, your gymnasium. That's a whole different uh, excuse for, for shutting down school for the day. And, you know, this is only going to prolif- uh, proliferate even further than what we're dealing with right now. When we think about the numbers of illegal immigrants that have already crossed the southern border— Think about that doubling, tripling over the next few years and what that means for our nation, what it means for our communities, what it means for our cities. If you're in a major metropolitan area right now, I mean, chances are you're probably experiencing some sort of housing crisis where it's very difficult for even uh, U.S. citizens to find a place to live and find good resources at a reasonable price. And now you have people who are illegally entering the country for, you know, multiple Of different reasons, but illegally nonetheless. And these people do have to be housed somewhere, right? And whether it's a tent shelter or your kids' high school, they're going to find a place for these uh, migrants to go. And there's only so much, you know, moving around and flying and busing that you can do with people before, you know. You have to call it a day and say, we have to cut off the border and not allow for people to continue coming into this country because they are entering in droves from all over the world. And there's a slew of other issues that come with this, too. These are all people with very different cultures, very different upbringings that are not being put in a position to assimilate whatsoever to American culture. And over time, if you don't think that's going to degrade our society and our culture, I don't know. Know what to tell you and you get called like a racist or a xenophobe or, or whatever it is for, for saying these things and telling the truth but it is the truth and you can say it now and start calling for something to be done about it or you can wait until the only thing you can do is, is talk about it and, and watch as it happens and we're getting to the point where the only thing you can do is just watch as it happens
1: mm. yeah and i think the migrants themselves, obviously, just, they, they're the ones committing these actions of entering the country yeah. illegally, not through a legal port of, entry, port of entry. So they do bear some blame in this. But I think the majority of the blame should be, or, or at least the majority of the outrage should be directed at those who enacted the policies that uh, led to the influx of, the, that, of this problem, that led to the escalation of it um to where it has grown by leaps and bounds over the last few years and in 2020 we had something to tune of 450,000 migrants cross illegally and just this year we had over 2.5 million plus uh gotaways people who i think i read an estimate that was in the neighborhood of 500 000 gotaways which are people who entered without being touched caught or anything at all on top of the 2.5 million who came in and were stopped at least and Processed, aka given a court date and told to come back in a year or however many years. Um, So the 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 policies that have been in place, we know what works. We know at least it was already a crisis in 2020 and Trump yep. uh, in that administration was getting criticism for not following through on the promises to build the wall and secure the border as much already. And so we're already uh, five years later four, or three, four years later um, the problem has increased by a factor of five per year. And uh, somehow it seems like there's less coverage of it. It's very uh, strange. And I, again, like you said, we're suffering the consequences of this right now, and how bad is it gonna to have to get before uh, we see a course reversal?
0: Yeah, dude, you and they kind of make you feel like you're crazy, right? Because you're watching news and mainstream media, and nobody's talking about it except for like Fox, which comes with its own connotation, and people who are not on the right, and even many on the right, don't like Fox News. so. Who's really getting the coverage and who's getting the education on this? Virtually nobody, but we're seeing it with our own eyes. Like, I live in California. I know what the influx looks like. Taylor and I have personally been to the border, and we'll talk about that in in just a moment. We have people who we follow on social media who are going to the airport in southern states and seeing— literal, like, plainfuls of, of illegal immigrants being flown to XYZ destination all over the United States just to be let out with what kind of documentation? Like, what do we know about them? What do we know about why they're here? Do we have their name? Do we have any sort of criminal history or any information whatsoever about where they're going? You guys have seen the videos of, you know, busloads of migrants being, you know, moved to, to any which place. And I, I you feel like you're being gaslit because nobody's saying anything about it and nobody's addressing the fact that this is a very big issue. Like it is, it is a huge issue. And I said before we were going to get into Taylor and I having gone to the border, we went to the border of California and Tijuana to just like see what the conditions were for somebody who wanted to cross just how difficult it would be, get some of the the stats, hear uh, stories from uh, former border patrol agents about what their experience was like. And you go there and you look at that border and you're like, where is it? (laughs) Where is it? You could literally do a cartwheel over the border that exists in California, and you'd be in the United States of America. And you know, somebody catches you. Okay, what happens then? They book you, which what entails asking you why you're here, getting a name from you that could or could not be fake because you don't have any sort of uh, state-issued ID, and then they tell you to appear in in court a little ways down the line. Do they appear? No. So if you're doing that to the tune of millions of people, what does that mean for our country? And it's not to say that all illegal immigrants are here uh, with malicious intent or they want to come and commit crimes. I am willing to admit that probably many of them are seeking refuge in the United States or at the very least just looking for a better opportunity and a better lot in life. But you can't just do that by crossing the border and going about your business here in the United States, or at least you should not be able to do it that way because we know the problems that it leads to. We know that we can't handle you know, millions of people just being ushered in through the southern border, and we have to have some sort of system of accountability for these people. And the more that we reinforce that not only can you just walk into the country and go wherever you want, but the news is never going to cover it, the more that people are going to continue coming here, and they are.
1: Alma, do you think, like we've talked about this pattern that we've seen in recent years where, for example, on the Bill Maher show, we saw Barry Weiss and then Scott Galloway come out and and Scott Galloway was like, I was on my child's uh, school board and I advocated for harsher lockdowns and keeping us out longer, but now I regret it and uh, we should all just come together and, and ho-hum and kumbaya. And it's like, okay, you finally acknowledge the right thing, but you also wreaked havoc on children's education and, and, and your mentality and people like you uh, wreaked havoc on people's lives and civil liberties and their livelihoods for a couple of years and really did a ton of devastation that cannot just simply be undone because you are sorry now or seeing the light. I wonder, uh, with this border situation, are we going to soon see people of the center left or people of the mainstream media or in politics, all of a sudden change their tune, but do it in a way that's kind of underhanded or, or, you know, Suddenly they're supporting more sensible solutions, but uh, not really taking any accountability for the, the havoc that they have allowed to ensue under their watch. And because of their policies, I have a feeling I just have we keep seeing this over and over again in all these different domains. And I just have a feeling it is going to happen that way. And all of a sudden we're going to start hearing some different changes. I think I just saw a headline the other day that Biden had reached out to uh, the president of Mexico and asked them to help uh tamped down on the illegal immigration crisis. And the president responded with a bunch of demands, including like lifting sanctions on on Venezuela and allowing a bunch of relief aid to come from the United States to Mexico and other countries. So anyways, I just wonder do you how do you think that's going to play out?
0: I think it's going to play out exactly as you described it because it's going to become a situation that cannot be ignored. Like I said, like these issues are bubbling up now, you know, the high school is being closed for for migrants to be there. New York City uh, mayor Eric Adams is talking about how we do not have enough resources for these people. These things are going to continue to pop up and play out and Soon it's going to get to a point where the American people can no longer I- ignore what's happening, and they're going to take it to the politicians' doorstep, and they're going to go, oh, my gosh. Well, they're going to find a way to either blame somebody else, right? Like they're going to find a way to go back and blame Donald Trump for what's happening right mm-hmm. now and say, you know, he, he started this, and, you know, we tried to solve it, and we tried to, you know, put a button on it, and we couldn't do it. Uh, or you're going to see them just completely change tune. Y'all remember that video of, of Kamala Harris being like, don't come. Don't come. (laughs) After like migrants were crossing the border, literally wearing like Biden T-shirts and stuff. That's what we're going to get. Right. So you're just going to get gaslit is is what you're going to (laughs) get. We're going to get gaslit from all angles in any which way that they can. And we're going to be left to deal with the problems that come from it and you can watch other countries to see how you know massive influxes of refugees and uh, illegal immigrants affects them. And like look at the crime, look at the general culture, look how things change. and then just give that a few years and we're going to be dealing with it here. So it's something to look forward to. If I think about it too much, I actually get scared <laughs> about like the state of this country and how far it's going to go, because I'm not sure how you roll this back. I'm thinking like from the perspective of a government official, say that you, you know, somebody comes to your desk and says, okay. You got to deal with this. We have 2,000 migrants in Brooklyn who we just moved into a high school for a night or two. We're getting too much bad PR on this. We need to take care of this situation. How exactly do you find out where 2,000 different people are from and get them back to where they're from. How exactly do you go about that? And then when you take 2000 and actually look at the real number, which is like 3 million, (laughs) how exactly do you track down 3 million people, get accurate information as to where they've come from, have the resources and transportation to get them back to where they came from and seal off a border to make sure that that same rate of immigration never happens again? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't
1: yeah, know. I'm thinking of like, if you go to the doctor, and uh, you know, he's like, you have this heart problem, you have you your lungs are messed up, you have all these blood issues, blah, 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 blah. And it all a lot of it is related to you being obese or having morbid obesity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been much better if and as we talk about preventative medicine if you would have lived a healthy lifestyle before you had all of these second order of consequences that stem from that yeah. um but now we still are sitting in reality and you have to start making good decisions at some point you have to start uh changing course and and changing things. And unfortunately, the deci- the decisions that you'll have to make are going to be more difficult. They'll be more weighty, no pun intended, more mm-hmm. consequential. Um, the measures you're going to have to take are going to be more invasive. They're going to be more extreme. Uh, to, and I'm using, following my, my metaphor here, but I think that unfortunately that's going to be the reality that we have to deal with, or you just let the problem continue to fester and pretend like it's not there. I'm reminded of, uh, Jordan Peterson's, you know, dragon metaphor where you get a a pet dragon in the house and the kid, uh, is like, mom, we got a pet dragon and the mom doesn't see it or whatever. And then it continues to grow and grow and grow and grow. and grow. And And the mom was willfully not seeing it. And it's a metaphor for like how, the things that you don't deal with in their infancy, the the little foxes, as uh, there's a scripture that says that if you don't catch little foxes, they'll spoil your whole vine. And if you don't nip things in the bud, you end up with these just deep seated, deep set problems that, again, like I was saying before, you sh- until the consequences are at your doorstep, you're not willing to confront them. But if you have a wise outlook on life, you can see these things from far off and say, we should not do this. And then you start to take those preventative measures. And unfortunately, we just have not done that. But that still leaves us what are you going to do? Just not address it yeah i there's no better time you know like i say the best time to plant a tree was years ago but the second best time is right now And i think we just need to start taking action and start taking this more seriously uh, immediately
0: yeah and it's not to like say that you're anti-immigration it's just that you need to go through a legal process to do that. And it does need to be a strong legal process to do that. It shouldn't be the easiest thing in the world to be a a citizen in the United States of America, just like it is not the easiest thing in the world to be a citizen in virtually any other country. Like if we went out and said, I want to go pick, you know, X country tomorrow and try to become a citizen, it wouldn't be as easy as it is to become a United States citizen. And that's insane because the most people want to come here. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I was in Miami like uh, a few weeks ago and it was wild to me to like walk around and just not hear one lick of English literally anywhere. I'm like, how did I just go through an entire grocery store for like an hour and not hear one person speak English? And it's not to say that you have to be like forced to learn the language if you're coming into the United States of America or that everybody has to speak English to be here. It's just I've never had an experience like that where you can tell like tangibly how how distinctly different the culture is becoming due to an influx of just all different types of people coming into the country. There should be some degree of assimilation. That does not mean that you are stripped of your culture, that you are stripped of your language, or anything like that. It's just to say that you have to have some sort of reverence for the country that you are entering. And yes, the United States is no exception. I know that we are a melting pot, and that's the beautiful thing about our country, that everybody can look different and have different backgrounds, but... The, the interesting part about that is when we look different and come from different backgrounds, we all fall under that same American umbrella of American ideals and American culture. And if you lose the last part of the sentence, you lose the United States itself. I'm sorry, y'all. Had to be said. It had to be said. <laughs> and uh, we'll see if this uh, issue gets taken care of. I don't think it's going to get taken care of anytime soon, and if anything, you know, I think there may be an underlying uh, initiative to just allow for uh, illegal immigrants and people who enter this country under false pretenses to be able to vote, and then that buttons up the issue, and we all know who uh, where those votes are gonna go, and uh, that will seal the deal and the fate of the United States of America. Now, luckily, we should have systems in place that stop that from happening, uh, but uh, our, the system seemed to be failing us at this very moment. We did have a system at the border that was supposed to prevent this stuff from happening. Uh, and now here we are. So.
1: And some would say that uh, these, this was the plan all along by the powers that be. and it's sometimes it gets hard to uh, disagree.
2: Yep.
0: I'm sorry. It might sound a little mm-hmm. conspiratorial or whatever, but uh, the math is mathing. Uh, and the the dots are are lining up for me, and it's making sense. Now we're going to get into lighter news, guys. Uh, the Golden Globes happened recently, hosted by none other than Joe Coy. And I know what you're probably asking yourself. Who is Joe Coy? That's what I asked myself. I did recognize him in maybe some stand-up that I had seen, uh, you know, a while ago, he's been in the stand-up game for a couple decades, if not more, and he was cast as the host of the Golden Globes. Now, it was off to a rocky start, a, a rocky middle and a rocky finish for uh, Joe Coy, as he made several jokes that did not land for the audience. Unfortunately, I cannot play them for you on this show today because we will get copyright claimed by the entity that is YouTube, but I'll, I'll show you some of them. Uh, He made a joke at the expense of of Taylor Swift, uh, which is apparently a no-no in the year 2024. You cannot come after one Taylor Swift because she is a goddess among men. The the joke was the difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL. At the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. Uh, How did Taylor Swift react to said joke? She took a sip of her champagne, straight-faced, straight-laced, didn't like it. He went on to make a sexist joke about Barbie, where he says, you know, Oppenheimer was a movie based on this very, you know, profound man in a profound book, and Barbie was a movie about a doll with big boobies. Also did not land, and the audience did not laugh, uh, remained straight-faced, and the internet lit up with conversation about Joe Coy saying how dare he come after Taylor Swift, how dare he make a sexist joke in reference to the movie Barbie, which is, you know, an active film about calling out patriarchy and calling out sexism, which... I'll be honest, I can agree to some extent that if you are a comedian going to make a joke about Barbie, that's probably not the joke to make. If you've seen the movie (laughs) and if you know the general audience view towards Barbie and the message in that film, there were several better jokes that could have been made. But, you know, what's cringier than a comedian telling a joke and it not landing is... Feminist responses to a comedian telling a joke and it not landing. You know why we shouldn't really have a huge conversation about Joe Coy or sexism and patriarchy? Because nobody laughed. Men and women present in that audience and, and those watching at home said that wasn't funny. So it's not this huge sign that the patriarchy is still alive or that sexism is thriving in Hollywood. All it is is a sign that a comedian told a bad joke that didn't land. And next time he'll probably work on it a little bit harder. Hopefully next time he won't blame his writers for the bad jokes that he tells on the Golden Globes. But what we don't need is this, let's watch.
2: A man tells a sexist joke at an awards show and nobody laughs, but it's not about that, really. The women grimace, polite, silent. They are angry in doses. It's palatable, at least, because after a year that spotlighted powerful women, world tours, forward-thinking directors, the resurrection of cinema, the louder halves of picket lines, it's only fair they know their place, that they come back down the earth tonight. A man tells another sexist joke at an award show, and by the end of the night, there's discourse about whether she reacted too strongly to it, not about whether he deserved the stage or who he is or why we platform men who recycle the same boring bullshit and identify women by their tits. A man tells a sexist joke at an award show, but before that, a writer's room full of men approved it, nodded their heads, laughed, said, this'll do it, this is comedy. You're sensitive if you don't get it. See, it's funny because Christopher Nolan is sophisticated and Barbie is for women. He told it during the read-through dress rehearsal to himself pacing backstage, and not once did a colleague warn him against potential outrage. Then he tells it on television and nobody laughs, but a few did, didn't they? Because after a year, what we might've thought was progress, we needed a reminder that nothing has actually changed and- so we'll talk about this for a minute, but fists weaken when clenched too many times, and morale weakens when we think we can do nothing right. When a man can tell a sexist joke at an award show and pass it off as a bit. A man told a sexist joke at an but a few days. Okay,
0: but. I'm done. Ma'am, this oh my is God, a she's still going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's
2: still
0: going, ma'am. This is a Wendy's, please. Okay, the joke didn't land, which means for the general public, nobody really liked that joke. It's not like you know, this huge call for the patriarchy still existing and we all must come together to fight Joe Coy and the Golden Globes. My goodness, chill out. You know, I was on board with you. I didn't laugh at the joke either. It probably wasn't, you know, the best written thing for the moment and for his time on stage and many others have done better at the Golden, at the Golden Globes hosting, but damn, you're gonna make me have to defend the joke if you're being this cringy in your response to it. I can't deal with it. <laughs>
1: Someone said she's got more lung capacity than Eminem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For real? Well, the real Slim Shady please stand up? Oh my gosh! It's just like it's just grating to the ears. Like not. did every... you
1: say that like in activist circles, it's a big thing to like do this performative sort of speaking? Yes. Like wasn't there was one of those young um, young black representatives recently was like doing the uh, like grandstanding in there and then the Tennessee, I think it was. And kind of speaking in this very performative manner. And when you were an, an activist, it's kind of a thing, right? To do, yes. like, I don't want to slam poetry or spoken word and it is be dropping much. all these truth bombs. Yeah.
0: yeah, it is very much a thing. And I, in particularly leftist circles. Like, I'm sure there are conservatives who do, like, slam poetry and stuff. But, I mean, I think it's particularly, like, leftist characteristic to speak like this in response to, like, something you are outrage by and to write poetry about it and I really can't stand it and I it just irks me and so many people do it it's like oh my gosh I want to imitate it but I think I'm going to make myself cringe in imitating it so I don't think I can do it maybe I'm going to have to save that for uh, save that for another day but now like now Joe, Joe Koi had to go on this whole like circuit of going on morning talk shows and talking about why his jokes were so bad at the Golden Globes and saying you know I was hired 10 days before and I didn't have enough time to like write good material and some of it lay and some of it didn't and all this stuff it's just like if you're a comedian who bombs on you know bombs uh, your your monologue or whatever just let it bomb just leave it don't please do not go on like a talk show the next day to like explain the jokes or explain <laughs> why they didn't land or explain why you didn't have enough time to write what you wrote just let it live take the L and go, go back about your business. Because the worst thing in the world is like a comedian explaining jokes that did not make them, like, did not hit the mark.
2: Really. Yes, as an
1: avid dad joke teller, I can give this guy <laughs> some advice. Just if it flops, it flops, just own it, you know, live. And I take the tack of like, I'll I'll tell a joke, say a pun that I think is funny and people might laugh, people might not laugh, but it's more for my own amusement. Um, And I can live with the fact if it flops, whatever, I had a good time, Um, but I'm not going to go on this apology tour. or be like, no guys, no guys, you, you know, you know, you don't get it. The reason why the joke's funny is because of this that just that, that never works, man. That just means yeah. it, it wasn't a hit. And yeah. it's okay, it happens, but just own it.
0: I can it's- guarantee he will never be asked to host the Golden Globes again. Uh, we need to go back to like the days of Ricky Gervais because he would kill it, but also he probably will not be asked to host the Golden Globes again, given that he was calling out, you know, Epstein's Island and the list, uh, before anybody was comfortable having that conversation in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Uh, You know who did have a good response to this? Greta Gerwig, who was, you know, the director of Barbie. She said, quote, well, he's not wrong. She's the first doll that was mass produced with breasts. So he was right on. And, you know, I think that so much of the project of the movie was unlikely because it is about a plastic doll. Barbie, by her very construction, has no character, no story. She's there to be projected upon, which is sort of like, you know, she took a humble response to it. She's insinuating that yeah, the joke didn't necessarily land in her response, but Joe Coy is just, res- uh, you know, projecting his own views about women and Barbie in the joke that he told, and his own views did not land on the audience that is the general public. That tells him all he needs to know. You don't need to go write a slam poetry piece about feminism and patriarchy when your lack of laughter is enough for a comedian to know this is not a joke that I need to tell moving forward. It's all you got to do, babes.
1: Yeah, it's a chef's kiss response for sure. Just like didn't take it too seriously, didn't get defensive, but was just like, "Yeah, you did that, didn't you?" And oh. no one laughed. And also, you're just kind of projecting your own views. So, good job.
0: Exactly. I f- I think people forget what a what, what a powerful tool silence uh, really is, and uh, mm-hmm. when it should be used. So, to everybody reeing out on the internet over this, my goodness, give the man a break. Jesus Christ! I'd be like, now I'm going to tell misogynistic jokes even harder, because (laughs) the fact that women are freaking out to this extent over a joke about Barbie makes me short circuit. And with that, guys, I think.
1: Well, real quick, I think isn't it funny that it's it seems like we're getting like worse and worse comedians in. Uh, as hosts of these award shows, didn't they like cancel Kevin Hart and obviously Ricky Gervais? They're not going to let him back, and you know, they're not going to invite somebody like Dave Chappelle with the kind of jokes he's telling in his Netflix specials. It just seems like the the usual A-list hosts list is, has kind of been whittled down and now we're getting people that have may or may not have been heard of before and it just seems like an impossible task too because now you have to go up there and puppet humor that is going to be approved by woke hollywood and everyone knows how unfunny that is so you're kind of set up for for failure. Uh, but hey, I guess uh, you know, B listers and C listers are getting some more opportunity. Yeah,
0: I mean, I can imagine there's also an element of just people not wanting to do the job in general based on the backlash that others have received based on the jokes that they've told. I bet there's a, a, a ton of things that are circulating here. Like one, people aren't really watching award shows all that much. Too, when they do, they're offended by jokes, and it ends up in like turmoil and all these stuff. Bigger comedians who probably would have done a better job, but maybe told some uh, some jokes that would call out the the actual institutions hosting the award shows are no longer invited. There's a lot of things that. Um, are, I think at play interestingly enough though. It felt like a lot of people watched the Golden Globes There seems to be some sort of resurgence of interest in Hollywood and maybe it's because we're getting you know like new heartthrobs and uh, Some some pretty cool actresses that are winning awards uh, Nowadays, I didn't think people were gonna really watch the Golden Globes and then it ended up being something that really uh, took the internet by by storm so here we are. I do miss the the old days of, of the award shows where they truly had just a really good, talented host. I can think of like Neil Patrick Harris hosting the Tonys, uh, Billy Crystal hosting the, the Oscars. Like what an amazing thing to have been able to witness a sort of golden era in, in Hollywood and entertainment. And maybe we are on the upswing and we're heading back into one. I'm just not gonna hold my breath. For it, I will say though there's been quite a few you know good movies that I've watched, and there is quite a few actors and actresses that I'm like oh I'm ready to see where your your career goes, and hopefully hopefully Hollywood does move into an, a nice golden era. We we all love to be entertained, do we not? <laughs>
1: We do. We'll give them a few more years though. I don't, I'm like you, I'm not holding my breath.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, there's been some good things. You know, I watched Saltburn. I watched The Bear. I watched May, December and all of these projects. I was like, these are all pretty good and they don't really have any underlying narratives or things that are being pushed on me. And it's nice to be able to watch a movie and at the end of it go, Oh, (sighs) I didn't really notice anything in that movie that was trying to subvert my consciousness. How great is that? But <laughs> I'm still in this era of life where I'm kind of like sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for it when I'm watching a movie. And when I get to the point where I can watch a movie without having to worry about it before clicking, that's when I'm gonna be uh, my my happiest. So we'll see
2: the, when that the happens. litmus
1: test for me has is: I, Do I get excited when I hear that Hollywood's going to make? A movie about something that i would normally be very interested in or something i love a historical figure uh or a great story like an adaptation of something like lord of the rings i just saw they're going to redo the narnia movies with greta gerwig who directed barbie and I'm a little bit skeptical of that, especially because mm-hmm. it's a very like overtly Christian allegory. And I I just rewatched the first Narnia one not too long ago and it was pretty well done. It's a little cheesy, but I guess it's kind of a kid's a kid's movie or yeah. kids' story. So it comes with the territory. But uh yeah, stuff like that makes me makes me nervous Um, and I can't remember exactly at what point in time I stopped getting excited when Hollywood was going to make a new Lord of the Rings thing Mm. or something like that Um, but that's definitely more so the case now when I hear a new adaptation of Harry Potter is going to be done by HBO or this that the other I'm like I just don't trust Hollywood to make something that's faithful that captures the magic that doesn't insert a bunch of underlying modern messaging and make identity politics the the main thing instead of the story the main thing and the magic the main thing um so i'm i'm still waiting but yeah. i think you are right that there's been a few glimmers of hope here and there, and it does seem, I mean, a lot of these woke movies have continued to flop, as we talk about all the time. Um, so maybe there's some, some lessons being learned and some um, some adjustments to the course, but well, I guess that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, that is actually a good litmus test. I didn't even think about that. I'm trying to think of like uh, some other things that have happened recently. Whenever I go back and watch old stuff, uh, I always have these moments of like, ah, oh, that couldn't be made today. We're like, oh, that line definitely couldn't be said today. And I'm waiting for that feeling to go away. And maybe it never will just because, you know, change is a is a constant thing. We, we go through our eras and stuff. But I was watching The Office or a clip from The Office the other day. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Kelly gets confronted about something and I forget exactly what. And then she goes, uh, I was raped. <laughs> <And then laughs> Michael's like, Kelly, you can't just say I was raped whenever you can- get <laughs> about something. I'm like, "Damn, you could not. Absolutely not ever put that in in a show today." And I know people get annoyed when when people say that. Like, you just can't tell jokes these days. You just can't say certain things these days. But it is very much true. You can see the split in Hollywood and entertainment from certain eras to now. And I I hope that there comes a day where you can sort of, you know, Cross those lines a little bit, as I said. I watched Dave Chappelle's most recent comedy special, and he most definitely crossed the lines. And maybe it's about doing it in a way that just lands for the audience and doing it correctly. Uh, and and when you manage to to hit the hit the button in the right way, it it works. But I just want more people to test the waters and more people to to go for it. Yeah.
1: Same. You're you're an old soul, Amala. You're a 23-year-old. Yeah, already. right. I love, love to see it. Back in my day.
0: Back in my day. Oh, my gosh. I saw something today that's like their salt burn is technically like a period piece from the early 2000s, considering that that is now almost three decades ago and something in me died. <laughs> Something Yikes. in me died. There's going to be period pieces from the early 2000s. Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, welcome. I mean, I'm over the 30 line now, so I feel ancient, but yeah. people tell me I'm still young. So
0: There's going to be period pieces about your childhood, Taylor. <laughs> Are you ready for
1: that? But I am. I would love to nostalgic and revisit my childhood. Um The world was a much simpler place, it seems, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But right. alas.
0: They're going to be like... It was 1995. The United States was overwhelmed with racism, bigotry, and homophobia. That's what it's going to be. That's how they're going to be characterizing the uh, card full
1: of groceries cost $19.83. <laughs> yeah. It's Home Alone.
0: <laughs> oh, man. We'll wait for it, guys. We'll be around. Maybe we need to start doing more movie reviews on this uh, channel. I love to watch movies and talk about them, but I just never feel... Sometimes I watch them and I'm like, oh, it's not a good fit for the channel. Saltburn... Not a good fit to talk
1: about
0: on this on this channel for those of you who have no. seen those of you who have seen some of the more uh, iconic scenes in those uh, in that film in particular. Yeah, not for not for this audience, I don't think. Anyways, guys, let's get into your super chats and hear from you guys. I'm
1: waiting for the for the Amala Wonka review. You're out here watching all these crazy nasty movies dude
0: i want to do a whole video about how hollywood is tricking people into watching musicals because i'm noticing it more and more the color purple was marketed as like just a movie i mean mind you the average person should know that the color purple is a musical but the way it's marketed is not at all telling you that it is a musical in any way shape or form mean girls the marketing for that didn't tell you that it was you know a recreation or bringing the like Broadway musical to the screen. Nobody said anything about that. Wonka ended up being a musical which was to my surprise because when I was watching the marketing for that in the trailer none of it at all you know was characterized as being a movie musical which is just so weird to me. Yeah,
1: which I, I tend not to think of the original one as a musical and it was but right. it is this this new phenomenon at least in the last few weeks Uh it is interesting that they're sneaking it in yeah
0: they must be doing like market research that people don't want to see these so they're just trying to like obfuscate the actual film itself which is kind of annoying i'd be pissed if i went to a movie theater like with how badly people hate like theater kids and musical theater you'd probably be pissed if you went to a movie theater thinking you were going to watch a normal movie and it ended up being a musical I'd be elated. Speaking
1: out of trauma from the theater kid.
0: Yes. For how much I've been <laughs> bullied for being category. a theater kid. Yeah. I'm speaking. Out Have of you myself. noticed,
1: too, that Hollywood kind of does things in batches, it feels like? Like, a few years ago, I guess it's more than a few now, but they had that movie The Martian come out, and then at the oh, same time, it was like... Arrival and a bunch of these other, like, alien, interstellar, guy in space type movies. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, like, the Queen movie came out at the same... Bohemian Rhapsody came out at the same time. It's, like, a Bruce Springsteen movie and, like, all of this little, like biopics it seems like a lot of them get greenlit at similar times and are competing with each other on purpose or something now right. musical thing. i don't know it's like these micro they're...
0: trends within within yeah. hollywood which makes sense because you know all of these writers are like keeping a pulse on what the general public is interested in and then trying to turn that out as quickly as they can so it would make sense that they kind of overlap on each other and you start getting very similar films at the same time
1: they're trying yeah. to manipulate us, but we know what they're up to.
0: Yeah, like the freaking <laughs> Twilight vampire werewolf era that in like that we all went through uh, recently in Hollywood. There's just there's little little moments, little blips on the the calendar that seems to yeah
1: overlook. Let us know your favorite Hollywood era in the chat. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna get into soup chats.
0: Yes, I think we are.
1: So uh, starting us off today is Jack Perry seventy three says, "Hey Amala, le- <laughs> he's kind of a." been holding this one in your headphone adjustments are uneven and it's been driving me crazy for so long Can head... you please make them even
0: <laughs> wait is it these things is that what you mean is that even i guess
1: I look wait, even are they even me. no hold
0: on maybe they're not i'm looking
1: oh like this is oh that on even? one side you've got more metal showing than the other did i, do I it? think you're good okay okay you we'll try to keep it know. that way just for you, <laughs> you guys let me jack perry know. yes keep us Thanks, jack uh, Manix says, I play horror survival games when I watch your lives.
0: Horror so you do ask survival games? you guys to tell games. us what
1: what you're doing.
0: I could not. That would give me a heart attack. I could not do anything like that. Oh my gosh, I'd be just shrieking. I am a, such a scaredy cat, guys, uh, over everything. I hear one lone sound in my apartment and I feel like I'm gonna get killed or something. So, horror <laughs> games, not for me, brother.
1: should make a horror game about a guy who built a tunnel inside of his <laughs> apartment and... Is <laughs> hearing Yiddish? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, speaking Yiddish. Oh lord. Okay. Hi, oh. Q says, uh, if I'm walking down the street and Rabbi started, he spelled it rabbi's, but. That's, we'll move on yeah. rabbi started sprouting from the ground it would be like a game of whack-a-mole from hell Whoa. Wow!
0: <laughs> i don't That's know how i would react to that i you know what i because i live in la and i feel like i see crazy things all the time just happening on the street if a hasidic jewish man popped out of like a vent from the ground i'd probably just be like okay just keep walking let's go about my business. honestly
1: yeah after living in LA and and Hollywood specifically for a few years. Yeah. Like you probably wouldn't think n- anything of nothing it. Nothing phases you. As long yeah. as I mean, you you can expect to see like a crazy person chasing people with a machete. So like Right. a guy popping out of a, a sewer would just kind of be like, uh, oh, I mean, I yeah. don't wanna know. It's just like, gonna take time. It's probably gonna lead to like me. Yeah. Finding out things about local politics that I'm not going to be happy with. So I'm just going to go about my day.
0: Right. It's honestly not even like worth the text to somebody. I don't know that I would let somebody know that that's something that I saw uh, that day.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I saw a TikTok. This is so funny and just a tangent that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It's just a question for the audience that I want you to answer in the chat. Um, if you are going about a normal day. And you're you're seeing owl after owl after owl. How many owls would you have to see for it to start to become strange? For you to start to like text somebody and be like, "Yo, I'm seeing a ton of owls today." <laughs> How many?
1: Man, I don't know. Four? I mean,
0: my answer. I think my answer is four. If I saw four owls in a day, like at different, you know, intervals, I think I'm yeah, I'm hitting somebody up and being like, "Seen a lot. Seen a lot of owls today."
1: Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I just saw an owl in the wild. Like, right. It, it's been, I don't know. In years. Florida,
0: where I used to live, there's quite a few owls. You would see like you could see one or two owls hanging out with each other. Um, but I'm just thinking if I saw four owls, I'd be like, that's a pretty big day for owls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I I might. I'm, I've gotten to be like old fogey oh. now. So if I see like uh, a cool bird, like a cardinal and blue jay outside of my house or my backyard, or we get... This is really cool. We got wild turkeys that just walk through the neighborhood in uh-huh. Tennessee uh, in November and September. They just like show up and they're walking and everyone just is like, chill with it. And, you know, right. acts like it's normal. Very and cool. I took like all kind of videos I was like, oh, my gosh, there's wild turkeys. You know, so uh, I, I might take a picture of one owl if I saw it, to be honest. OK,
0: with fair enough. People are saying three, four, two, seven. Somebody said 15. How many owls are you seeing? You live in a very owl-dense area. Ten, three, Apparently. six. Just a question I thought I'd ask you guys.
1: <laughs> Someone said, my, my Pavlov dog said, I'd be happy if I saw a big number. I'd start asking for my Hogwarts letter. That's exactly where my mind went to. I'm like, are they are they giving me a letter yeah. that says I've been accepted into Hogwarts? You
0: know? 100%. Screw the witchcraft yeah, and wizardry. Yeah, the Harry Potter fans would be going nuts after like five <laughs> owls.
1: <laughs> oh, just got a $50 one from Hannah D. Let's says, hey guys, I'm a Hasidic Jew and you guys butchered every Hebrew, Yiddish word you I used. I <laughs> it! <laughs> it's okay, love your content. Regarding the tunnels, the rabbi and synagogue condemned the young men and the way they acted toward law enforcement. Yes, okay.
0: this is true. And we did cover that in the uh, the news story there. From the leadership at the synagogue, they were like, this is not cool whatsoever. And it seems like these young men were doing it, uh, you know, at a time where people were unaware that this was was happening. So that is very important to note. Also, I was just, I gave up on pronouncing the words correctly at some point. I had heard like seven different pronunciations of the actual synagogue name itself, which I'm going to mispronounce as Shabad Lubavitch. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm just consigning myself to not not saying this correctly in the first place.
1: (laughs) Alas, yeah. Uh, Same, but thanks for... Thanks for going easy on us, Hannah. Yes. I appreciate it. Yes. Um, and it, yeah, it stands to reason. I mean, young single dudes do a lot of silly stuff. Um, so especially in groups.
0: It's <laughs> so. actually impressive. It's actually impressive. Uh so long as nothing mm-hmm. nefarious is happening within the secret yes. tunnels, the the system uh, with which they were built is impressive. I'll say that. The fact that like the city kept its structural integrity and that like nothing like collapsed or nobody like fell out of the floor of their apartment is just a feat in itself.
1: Yeah. The hundred year old buildings and they're propping stuff up with like stacks of books and stuff. Actually nuts.
0: Actually nuts. Uh,
1: Okay. Al new says maybe they're just trying to dodge the general smell of New York and pro Palestinians
0: Huh. You know, there, you know, for, for every person, there's a new theory on what was going on in these tunnels. Maybe, maybe that is, I just wonder, like, you'd think that stuff would get, would fall into the tunnels, that there'd be rats in the tunnels at some point. You'd think this would yeah, not be. a rat be. infestation
1: in New York recently, uh, did Like a whole thing? Uh,
0: It's like when I think about, I always see these TikTok videos of people uh, saying that they want to go inside the Paris catacombs. For those of you who don't know, Paris has like an extensive network of tunnels underneath the city and there are, you know, homeless people that live in the Paris catacombs and people who, you know, do their business down there and people who, I I heard food carts that put their food in the Paris catacombs to stay overnight before they come back the next day. Ugh disgusting bear that in mind uh if you're eating in paris but there are people like tourists who will go to paris and say i want to venture into the catacombs i would never in my life you are the people who die first in horror movies if that's something that you're interested in and (laughs) why you would ever be possessed to do something like that is beyond me it's a certain species of human being that uh, would see something like that and think i want to go down there
1: (laughs) I kind of do want to go. Uh, I've been to Paris like three or four times now, and I never went to the catacombs, and it's like one of the famous things to do, so I feel like I'm kind of missing out, but uh, I guess it was I'm, never on the top of my list for that reason.
0: I'm referring to the people who like at night try to find an entrance. Oh, like entrance
1: deep into it. Yeah.
0: Yes, and apparently... There are these people who live in the catacombs that, like, love when tourists venture into the catacombs. And what they will do, because all the tourists have, like, a little headlamp or their iPhone light on or whatever, they will run up to you, some dirty, scary, homeless person. <laughs> they will steal your headlamp and your iPhone, scare you, and then you don't know how to get back okay, to that's where. Yeah, yeah. Then you're stuck down there. That's There's absolutely... A bunch of-
1: Dead bodies and skull- skulls. Ugh. I hate
0: yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't even like talking about it. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um so 44 says, I've been in multiple synagogues that actually had escape tunnels and extended a long way from the main buildings. Uh, those are especially common with Jews from the old Russian and Ottoman empires. As the BSA say, be prepared.
0: Well, you would hope that they are uh, accepted by the city and that they meet the different... Uh, you know, like zoning codes or whatever those are called for the structures of, of tunnels. I can understand that to a certain extent. You know, some people have shelters and different things that go on in their uh, in their housing structures and stuff. But to just like thug that stuff out and build your own, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That's wild. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, if any if any people group uh, would have a historical reason to want to have an sure. escape exit route, Uh I can sympathize with that. That's hilarious. Uh, some, Somebody
0: said rabbi hole instead of rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> Clever. Clever. The jokes just write themselves. Good, I saw guys. someone say mutant ninja turtles or oh something my, like that.
0: Yes, and they recreated the mutant ninja turtles uh, poster. <laughs>
1: I'm oh, not creative Lord. enough to ah. make
0: jokes like that, but uh, you know, kudos <laughs> to people who are.
1: Uh Seth, my Dude says, I'm worried. If New York was smart, they'd transform the tunnel into a Chippendales like mail strip club and call it the Underground Mail Road. They'd make a bank.
0: Wow. I did see people making jokes of like the I'm living in the land down under that whole song. <laughs> <laughs> you better run. You better take cover. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, that could could be the thunder down under.
1: Uh, oh my god. Strip
0: club down there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh joy says on the topic of songs says, secret tunnel secret tunnel anyone else have that song from avatar the last airbender stuck in their head since the top of the episode i don't know, do you know about this
0: i don't i haven't seen that i haven't seen that show since i was a kid so uh, unfortunately i do not get the reference but i know that many will
1: uh the Taylor The fan club says I used to live in Brooklyn and thought it was pretty normal up until I went back for my uncle's birthday in 2021. I thought to myself, my God, this place is chaotic and gross. Thank God I got out.
0: Thought what was normal? (laughs) Tunnels? (laughs) Do you know of the tunnels? Probably just New York City streets. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of stuff. Like I, I moved to L.A. from a really small town, which never experienced like anything crazy ever going on and always like very small crimes. Like it was news if somebody shoplifted from the local Walmart or something, if there was a homeless person in the city, it was just somebody who's like a passerby or something like that. And then you move to L.A. and at first you're just like going through culture shock from the things that are just happening right in the street, right in front of your eyes and nobody's doing anything about or batting an eye. And then you get over it after like a week. Yeah. So (laughs) that's how it is. Must be the same for New York. If you like live in New York and then you move anywhere in the US, you're probably just like bulletproof to anything anybody does. I've never experienced uh, a place like, I don't even know what, uh, what adjective to use. Uh, New York is aggressive. It's just aggressive and abrasive from, from all areas. Like I've never had people yell at me so many times cat call you so many times homeless people walk up to you and just like aggressively ask you for money and stuff new york is its own its own deal really is
1: sounds charming yes Um, very i'm reminded of that episode of always sunny in philadelphia which i'm a big fan of um where it's called mac and dennis move to the suburbs and they're like these hard guys who've lived in philly their whole lives Mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, rent's really cheap in the suburbs. And they move to the suburbs. And like at first they're like, wow, this is such a big house. Everything's so quiet. It's mm-hmm. the neighbor is really nice. Um, but over time, like the quietness just like freaks them out and they get really <laughs> aggressive with their neighbor because they think he's being too nice. And it's like this funny juxtaposition of like hardened city life versus suburban life, which I kind of just recently made that transition out here to suburban right. Nashville from uh, La and uh it, it rings true for sure. So yeah. you, you gotta be you gotta have thick skin to live in a city.
0: Hundred percent. When I go home for the holidays and I hear like a weird noise at night, I like freak out for a second. And I'm like, oh, I literally don't have to worry about anything. Nothing is ever going to happen in this town. And if it ever did, it would be like an anomaly for you know yeah. the the ages. Nothing is going to happen.
1: <laughs> and my wife was laughing. She's on like the next door app or whatever, and uh-huh. you know, it tells you like what's going on in your neighborhood, and. Um, down the street, there's like three homeless guys or something that were living behind a grocery store or something, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But people on the app were like, oh my gosh, guys, I saw something happening at the homeless encampment. And it's like three people are behind one building. The homeless encampment. The homeless encampment, as in like, (laughs) there's one spot in the community with a couple dudes that everybody knows that it's there. Uh. And that there's one, and what you're referring to. And in LA, people would be like, which street because there's literally one on every street corner
0: exactly exactly (laughs)
1: uh okay taylor fan club says again uh who is still watching anything with hollywood it's literally a bunch of billionaires and millionaires at a billion dollar event talking about a reality they're not a part of
0: yeah i mean i still watch things here and there and like i said there's some like Hollywood stars or whatever where you like watch their come up and you're like, oh, that's so cool to like see them be successful or you meet somebody who has like a really, really good personality and you want to see them succeed within Hollywood. I think Hollywood will always have that element to it. Uh, that makes you kind of look past some of the other tone-deaf qualities. You're like, despite the fact that this is garbage and this whole thing is just like fabricated or whatever, there's always that one person that you root for and that you're like, oh, it's cool to see her in a movie or it's cool to see her win an award or something like that.
1: Yeah. It keeps you hooked. If you squint hard enough, you can still kind of see... That, okay, this is still an art form that exists. And this is, (laughs) in theory, the award show that celebrates the best performers in this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's very much captured by all the nonsense, but there's still a specter of something real in there.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, Diva Don says let the migrants from the southern border move into the White House. The current administration are the ones who wanted this.
0: Yeah, I do imagine. Imagine what that would look like. Which is kind of like the theory that's being tested right now with everything that Abbott's doing, but it's just—it's just a mess. No matter what you do, it like you can like play games and move them to the sanctuary cities, or move them here and move them there, and go like, "Ha ha, look what you advocated for!" But at the end of the day, these are people who are now like in your country, and they're pretty much there for good. So, what, how are we going to figure this out? <laughs> and I don't know. Right. I don't know the answer.
1: Yeah, I'm all for people who support things to be confronted with the reality of what they support. And, yeah. Uh, but insofar as we're just playing, you know, gotcha games or whatever, it's kind of
2: right. Whatever.
1: Right. But um reminds me of we talked about like the advocates who defund the police, uh, love that until there's you're you're in a crime ridden community and someone follows you home and burglarizes you or shoots your grandma, as actually happened in in Los Angeles yeah. a couple years ago. So there's only so um, many
0: hee he has you can get
1: yeah uh let's see tristan trish tristian daily says been watching all of your past live streams and love that you're always calm and collected keeps me calm about this stuff also oh. have blair white on
0: oh uh, we, we will hopefully have blair white on uh sometime soon fingers crossed guys um yeah thank you We we try to stay calm it's very easy to like freak out or get super upset or outraged by this stuff and you might feel that internally but I think the best foot forward that you can put is one just like we're calm we're chill we're talking about crazy stuff but hopefully we can still you know like have fun and explore it a little bit even if it's depressing sometimes
1: yeah we're trying to get to the truth of the matter whether it's Jewish secret Jewish tunnels (laughs) that the internet's freaking out about. We try to dig in and be be like, what's get to the bottom? Dig in and get to the bottom of the tunnels. (laughs) Um, but and and unpack that and then bring common sense to if there's something going on the border, okay. We're gonna dive in and and figure it out, but hopefully never be unhinged and screaming at the camera. Right. Uh just chilling. Chicken Pork Adobo says, first super chat. I wasn't shocked when Joe Coy bombed because his material are usually making fun around my culture, Filipino love you Amala and now Taylor.
0: Okay, so we didn't have the best rep to begin with. Yeah, I I for me it, it sucks to watch a comedian bomb. You know that you know it's got to suck. It's got to be horrible to especially in the opening monologue for the Golden Globes bomb so hard because it does really set the tone for the rest of your night. And where it's like funny ha-ha to, like, dog on somebody that's messed up or done something embarrassing publicly. He's gonna have to live with that for the rest of his life. I'm just like, guys, it, it's enough. Them not laughing was enough uh, for him. But, yeah, there's a, a chord you can strike as a comedian where you're able to make fun of something but do so in a way that still communicates your respect for the thing and communicates that you, like, you actually care about your job and what you're doing. And... You can aim for that and totally miss and he did that with with barbie and and the jokes that he made i didn't think the taylor swift one was all that egregious but uh since the queen didn't find it funny i guess uh neither do the disciples
1: yeah i didn't i mean i didn't even crack a smile when i when i read it on twitter <laughs> you know i say um and coming as someone who's like, I, I don't really blame Taylor Swift, by the way, for all the Swifties I'm seeing in the chat for like all the attention she got for attending NFL games. I blame the NFL and NFL media around it for like being like, yeah. OMG, it's like it was like when you live in L.A. for a while and you and you stop freaking out about every celebrity sighting and mm-hmm. like wanting to get a picture of them or get their autograph because it's like, OK, be cool, you know, and yeah. like. They, the NFL gets Taylor Swift to come to a game and they're like oh my gosh let's change our Twitter banner and let's you know get 20,000 right. cameras in here and so there's room to critique that but you shouldn't like direct that at Taylor Swift you know I think maybe could have might have landed better if he criticized the NFL or the media but what do I know right?
2: Yeah it's
1: all uh, about
0: just doing it correctly it's, it's hard it's not an easy thing I would never want to be a stand up yeah. comedian ever in my life that sounds like a nightmare uh, to me personally but kudos to those who do it and do it well
1: which are which seem few and far between Yelena yeah. uh, Belous says I'm from Israel and I'm so sad about the whole war for both sides and I'm only praying for peace and I'm not a Jew anyway and from my first time sending you super chat, I'm just loving what you guys are doing. Keep it up and have a great day.
0: Oh thank you and thank you for that take. It's got to be interesting having you know straight you know experience having lived in Israel. I don't know that you are currently there is it that I lived in or I live in
1: um i lived
0: in uh lived in yeah it's it's got to be or it says from israel
1: it doesn't say where oh, okay Sorry. so it could
0: be could be either but it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah it gotta be just a crazy thing to to watch everything that's happening right now and we've covered it on the show before if you guys would like to get our takes on that and yeah uh, just like you hoping for peace and an end to everything going on over there
1: um, couple more here. Nayana Kamara says, Howdy, I'm so happy I was able to catch you live. I love listening to y'all while I paint. Thanks for always being a source of a reason and chill vibes.
0: Aw, that's so fun. And while you're painting, I used to paint quite a bit when I was younger. And I wish I need to bring that back. I need to get like an, get an art set and start doing that again. I said that one day we need to do like a a paint during the the show type thing where we all hang out in. Do art together whilst somehow hosting a show. I don't know how how, how talented I am that I can actually achieve that, but we could try. We could try
1: do your best, Bob Ross impersonation. Yeah. We
0: should all try to yeah, paint he'll... the same thing whilst the show is going, uh, and by the end of it, see how similar all of our
1: paintings look. Could <laughs> be like a long Instagram story with yeah. everyone's submissions. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be funny. <clears throat> I find it amusing that you're painting. Uh, that sounds like such a peaceful, nice thing. And then the other person's playing horror video games, unless you're like painting horror scenes while you're watching. Then yeah. I don't know. That doesn't sound as, as peaceful. But
0: I'll go with the love painting. Love hearing what you guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, let's see. Celtic blacksmith says late today, but I have tacos for the show while I design a couple of custom argentium silver rings on CAD okay. because apparently I can cast jewelry now.
0: Oh we love uh we love when a man diversifies (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. awesome and you're eating tacos which is great one good thing about la for every naked homeless person there's a really good street taco stand so it equals out
1: (laughs) this is true uh lj peach says there are tunnels under columbia heights brooklyn you uh the jehovah's witnesses use them all the time
0: huh Okay, we're just like, uh, yeah, we're unveiling a whole tunnel system within the United States of America. I'm sure there's tons of tunnels running around everywhere. Now you must ask yourself, who's making the tunnels and for what purpose? Because where there's one, there's more. There's got to be
1: a uh, couple more here Michaela says hi guys i absolutely love the show i always seem to catch the lives during super chat reads much love from colorado nice.
0: oh i love that i've been have i been to colorado i think i went to colorado once for a speech but i've never been to colorado when it's like the beautiful snowy colorado I haven't got to experience that yet
1: yeah, I spent like a day in Denver on a layover with my buddy who lives there, but that didn't do it justice by any means. So.
0: Yeah, I need to check out Aspen one of these days.
1: Mm. And we're we're out. the lives are always at one p.m. Pacific, three p.m. Central, Central mm-hmm. four p.m. Eastern. Yeah, uh, Monday, Wednesday, <laughs> Friday. It took me. It's hard for me to remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you're catching us during the super chats, just know that that's the start time. Unless um, you really
0: love the super chat section. Yeah. then
1: then just join keep for that. us to <laughs> watch the rest later <laughs> love that uh diva dawn says joe coy violated the first rule of public speaking he didn't consider his audience
0: yeah and uh yeah you missed the mark yeah i in hearing the joke i'm like barbie's about a doll with big boobies there who in their right mind thought that joke was gonna land like for real literally it, I'm, you you just must not have watched the movie I feel like there's just no way and now of course all of these people are making these like compilations and edits of like joke uh joke boys joke mixed with like that that iconic monologue from Barbie where it's so hard to be a woman or whatever and people are really like basking in the in the tears over mm-hmm. the joke that he made
1: he gave the the feminism some ammo to Freak out about and write slam poetry about.
0: He really did. They
1: seized on it. Uh, RP Awareness (laughs) says, hey there, gang, slightly off topic, but how much would I have to pay for you guys to get the She Belongs to the Streets soundbite? I love the show, 3,000.
0: I've never thought about you guys uh, paying for soundbites. Maybe we'll work on it for free. We'll see what we can do with (laughs) with the soundbites. But if you guys want a feature where you pay for soundbites, we can think about it. We'll think about it down the line. That's a good idea, honestly.
1: Um, Hannah Deep says, Amla thought you were great as the guy in the video yesterday. That was hysterical. And that guy, Tyler, was so insufferable. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm Tyler. I'm five something. I look like a an action figure. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't deal with him. I could mm-hmm. not deal with Tyler in the video. I, I, I got mixed reviews on my mail answers. Some of you guys said I was out in the first in the, my first answer. What did I say? I said, uh.
2: Got a slim build.
0: <laughs> I shouldn't have used the word "slim." I think that's a woman's word to say "slim build." Yeah, that was
1: my critique of what we I was like, I don't think most guys would would say that they're slim. Yeah, and say skinny or yeah. I should like have that. said like but I, I don't know. I'm lanky. You know,
2: I look like uh, the, the Jolly Green Giant.
0: <laughs> I should have done that instead, but that didn't. Whatever. Some of you guys said my answers were good. Others said they weren't. And I'll take only positive criticism.
1: <laughs> only
0: positive reviews I will take.
1: So, yeah, if you guys missed that one, that was a video that came out yesterday. So go check it out. And I'm going to do a poll real quick. Do you watch mostly live streams, videos, which are like non-live streams with the videos that we release on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, or mostly shorts or everything pretty much equally? Um, Let us know. I'm curious
0: let us know i saw
1: a thing from youtube the other day that was like there's they don't do any like algorithmic help of cross promoting your content like different streams each one kind of lives on its own which we do all three and they all do pretty well right um but i'm just curious yeah i get that. comments
0: from people who are like oh, i love your channel i just watched the shorts and i'm like oh my gosh you're probably getting a whole different view of like the show yeah. and a whole different experience based on whether or not you watch shorts or videos or or live streams so that's actually very interesting
1: mm-hmm um let's see oh yelena from a minute ago says i live in israel was born in ukraine
0: oh ah, okay wow thank you you <laughs> you live in israel that's... you were born in ukraine that's like a, what lot of wicked it's a wicked combination a couple of years for you yeah it is my nice. goodness heart goes out to you wow. on that wow
1: oh uh, yeah thanks for thanks for being here yeah stay safe out there yeah yeah Dig a tunnel, maybe. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Hannah D, uh, we just read that one. Faux girl says, or faux girl says, uh, fun owl fact: Forks, Washington, where the Twilights Twilight. were filmed, uh, used to be home to the now endangered spotted owl.
0: Oh, that is a very cool fun fact. And you guys know I love Twilight. I'm a Twilight stan till I die. Uh, so that is a great owl fun fact.
1: And maybe we should do an owl fact every every live stream.
0: <laughs> yeah, we maybe maybe now that I now that I have given you the question guys. Also we'll submit it. drop in the chat Sorry. are you team Jacob or team Edward? There's one correct answer obviously, but
1: I'm curious to see.
0: For all the I Twilight guess we could do a poll
1: for that too, but I'm more interested in my poll. <laughs> guys,
0: no, yeah, you guys just type it out. I never
1: watched Twilight to this day. I think I saw the first one and never saw the rest of them. Gotcha. But, um one more from RP Awareness Year Question Would you call it simpish, simpish behavior if I were to ask this hot, normal Asian girl to come with me to Vegas and I pay for like 90% of the trip?
0: Well, well there's a lot of clarifying questions I would need. How well do you know this girl? Are you dating this girl? Um, th- that would give me a lot of information as to whether or not you should be inviting her on a trip to Vegas. But, there are coworkers. but also, co workers?
1: Friendly coworkers.
0: If they're no, don't date your coworkers. No. No. <laughs> definitely not. Don't don't ever go on a trip to Vegas with your coworker. You are asking for trouble after trouble after trouble uh with that. Um yeah, I mean, you only live once. <laughs> I just need to know more information <laughs> about the situation before what I advise. What happens in
1: Vegas? You only live once. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is it,
0: Just be careful. I would say, sure, go for it, but make sure you're in, like, the right position that this is not some, like, if I was a girl who didn't know a guy very well and then he all of a sudden offered to take me on a trip to Vegas where he, like, paid for everything, I would be taken aback personally. But there are other women who would not uh, be. So, just depends. You have to read the room. The room.
1: Read the room. Good answer. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Sid says finally commenting after a year of watching all your content. How do you stay happy/slash positive, especially with all the shitty things going on in the world right now? Ooh. As 24 female, sound uh, seems impossible.
0: I don't know. How do you have an immediate answer for that, Taylor? I just feel like it's kind of a choice a little bit. Like you just, you just gotta choose to see. I think for part of it is that, uh, at least when it comes to the stuff we talk about on the show and the stuff we cover for you guys, there's no utility in being angry about it. Like it doesn't serve you to be angry about it, it doesn't serve you to be upset about it, it doesn't serve you to be depressed about it. So with that being the case, your only other option is to be neutral or to find a way to like make it positive and make it fun and chill uh, for, for you and the people around you. So given that it can only hurt you to be upset and sad about things, you kind of have to choose choose happiness mm. yeah
1: um yeah the only thing i could maybe add is i what popped in my head is as um jordan peterson talks about how like basically life is suffering it's bound to happen in one way or another and if you mm-hmm. dig much into philosophy that tends to be something that emerges rather quickly is you're guaranteed suffering in this life and his uh he says, like the the purpose of life is to find something that makes the suffering that you are bound to experience like worthwhile and meaningful. And um, so it's like, given that mm-hmm. the world is going to have all of these uh, challenges and issues, given that I'm going to experience these things in my life, like what uh, are beautiful, meaningful things that I can, you know, make all that worthwhile and and um, find a a reason to live and and continue striving and and bringing, you know, beauty into the world and and order and and into the chaos and all that. Um, So that's my like non it's maybe might sound religious, but that's my non-religious answer. Then my other answer is just, I uh, would be a faith-based answer. And I kind of just have a underlying trust in the, the sovereignty of God and his purposes. And that gives me a lot of peace when I encounter things that I can't uh, understand.
0: There you uh, go. Ton of different approaches.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's a... see. I think we had one more come in there, a couple more. Uh, okay. RP Awareness says I appreciate that your hearts don't directly go to how can I make money, but the reason why I pay for that soundbite is because you were like, no, Alex. <laughs>
0: okay. So, where you get a no, you use money to get a yes, is what I'm hearing, Alex. Mm. <laughs>
1: Very yeah. very RP very red pill. We'll use your money to get the things that this you want. This is in life.
0: true. This is true. That's how those those guys do it. We will hopefully have some very fun sounds on the show uh, very soon for you guys. I think that is one small thing that we can implement uh, very soon and make the show a little bit more entertaining for you guys. It will. She is for the streets. Be one of the sounds. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no guarantees. <laughs> no guarantees. <laughs> I think that was our last one.
0: Okay. Well, that's perfect, guys. Thank you so much for watching the show. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the different topics that we discussed from secrets, uh, Jewish tunnels to Joe Coy and the Golden Globes to migrants being housed in a Brooklyn, New York High School. Let us know how you feel about everything we discussed in the comments down below. As always, I encourage healthy debates to so duke it out, but do so respectfully. And if you like this video, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is wild. It's about a false allegation that has come to light on the internet, and y'all know how I feel about false allegations. Y'all know how I feel about hashtag believe all women. So we're going to be talking about that tomorrow and it's crazy. It's nuts. So keep an eye out for tomorrow's video. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me and I and Taylor. We'll see you
2: tomorrow. Bye guys.